When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It has been, even by the incredibly high-profile standards of Celtic, an astonishing week. Rarely in the past 10 years has there been as much conjecture and debate among supporters as events on the pitch have taken another downward turn in the past few days. Celtic went out of not one competition, but two. The Europa League and the Betfred Cup are gone for this term after losing to Sparta Prague and to Ross County, and the recriminations have been severe. Individuals gathered outside of the stadium and there were unruly and at times unacceptable scenes which have been condemned by the club, by a number of fans and many commentators following the loss to County as the people at the scene demanded the axing of manager Neil Lennon. So there is much to discuss. We've got former Celtic striker Chris Sutton and record sports Michael Gannon with us this week to chew through the various topics and, and give us their expert opinions on where the current situation lies. Gentlemen, how are we this morning? Morning, Swanee. Morning, Chris. Morning. Yeah, uh, well, we're on top of the world, aren't we? Of course. Before we talk about the things that have been mentioned, we might as well cut straight to the chase. Neil Lennon looks, will almost certainly be leading the team into Thursday's game against AC Milan. Um, the, the board appeared to have, have made their decision to, to stick by the manager at this stage, uh, despite the, the, the recent run of form. Uh, Chris, I've got to ask an initial reaction to, to that and uh, and what you think about where it goes forward from there what, what you think about the decision that's just been made uh, well my reaction to that is that I'm I like I think a lot of people are extremely surprised by the decision that, that Neil will be in charge for, uh, for the game in Milan just on the basis that I, I don't think that he's got anywhere to go now and uh, you know Celtic are out of the Europa League already. And this, this actually, the decision has interesting implications because whatever, whatever we think about the decision, Neil Lennon going into that game on Thursday, that, you know, there's a big question about is the game uh, against St. Johnson at the weekend bigger than the game against Milan on Thursday night? And of course it is because Celtic are out of European competition now. But if you're Neil Lennon, you'll be thinking, I need to win this game. So... He's going to play his strongest eleven. That's that's what I would do if I was Neil Lennon. This is this is that. So we thought it had his last throw of the dice, but this must be his last throw of the dice. He has to win. So therefore, he's you know that could have a knock-on effect to Sunday. Michael, would you agree with that? Or given the fact the board are being supportive, do you believe that the board would understand if? Neil Lennon decided to, to rest one or two and, and mix the team up a little bit with Sunday in mind and, and, and Thursday wouldn't be pivotal, it wouldn't be a last chance because the board have given a backing. No, I agree with Chris. They've created, by not making a decision, they've, they've, they've left the, the, the kind of club in limbo just now. This, this Milan game is a real pain in the neck because that, I mean, who knows what could happen in that game either way. 
it's, it's so dangerous anyway. Um, I'm not particularly surprised that they've taken their time. If you look historically, the Celtic board don't tend to act pretty swiftly when it comes to anything, whether it's signings or sackings or whatever. Um, I think you you got to go back to, to, to Tony Mowbray time. Um, he ended up in the end of March. He got sacked, and actually, I think he won six of his last ten games and was kind of limping along until the bad one at St. Mullen was the final kind of final straw. Uh, Ronnie Dyler, wasn't Ronnie Dyler? I remember back in the February of his second season. I think he was in a similar kind of run of form. I think he won five out of ten in the same period. Had a, had a nightmare in Europe. Yeah. Um, went, out the, went out the cup against Ross County again. League Cup in the semi-final against Ross County. Them again. And, he, and that weekend, they lost to Aberdeen the following week, I think it was. And at that point, they were still kind of a point ahead in the league. And it was, it was shambolic. Everyone was saying he's got to go. They let it rumble on. And it got to a point they lost the cup semi-final to, to Rangers a few months later because they let it rumble on. And, and they don't seem to learn that that, that lesson. They, don't, they, they let these things drift in hope rather than kind of being pro and actually making a decision. Either way, they've got to come out Monday morning and say, no, this is our manager. He'll turn it around. He's here for the rest of the season or whatever. Get on with it. They didn't do that. The vacuum, the, the silence and the vacuum they created creates uncertainty. There's managers' names getting thrown in the hat. Is he going to go? Is he going to stay? They still haven't actually said anything, whether or not they're backing him or sacking him, whatever. So now they're stuck in this limbo. The players are in limbo, the club's in limbo, the fans are kind of climbing the walls, and it's because it's inactivity and it's not. It's a lack of kind of clear decision making, and it, it's happened time and time again through the years, and it's happening again. And I don't, I don't know where the improvement's going to be coming. Is it going to be a ma- massive turnaround? Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. There's no evidence to suggest it's going to come, but this creating this this uncertainty is only adding to the confusion and the, and the problems I've got just now. And it's a crucial point in the season as well. Well, Neil, yeah, Peter Lowell, uh, Swanee, can I just say it, he can't he can't duck this one. He, uh, and it, clarification is all is what is needed at this moment in time because the Celtic fans are all up in the air. And the issue is, you know, we can talk about the protests later and what have you. But you'd, you'd struggle to find a Celtic fan who actually thinks that Neil Lennon should still be in at the club. So really, is it not up to Peter Lawwell to come out and just clarify, you know, I said last last week on the podcast, maybe Neil Lennon is doing stuff behind the scenes and Peter Lawwell c- can, can see a method and a plan. Why doesn't he come out and tell us if that is the case? At this moment in time, everything is up in the air because Peter Lawwell hasn't hasn't clarified the situation. You know, you have to tell us why you're backing Neil Lennon. And I think that that's a huge issue. Obviously, the run is two wins in 10 games. It's not just been events of the past week. Um, there, there has been other factors, other results which have, have taken their toll. But it is the two games since we last did a podcast that I would like to ask both of you lads about. Um, I know you spoke about Prague in your newspaper, Colin Chris, but we haven't spoken about it on here. The two performances, if you're just taking them in isolation and, and, and then putting them into where they fit into what else has happened this season, what did you make of the 180 minutes that we've just seen? Um, well, you know, I've you know, said many times before that the Europa League is a level where I think that uh, that Celtic supporters can expect the, the team to compete at and to be out after four games is totally unacceptable. The manner in which they lost, it was weak. It was a it was a Prague team who had lost four out of the previous five games. The only game they'd beaten was when they came and spanked Celtic at Celtic Park. It wasn't a, a Prague team who were who were absolutely flying domestically. You know that 
a very poor team. And uh, what worried me after the game was Neil's comments and he was trying to be positive about certain uh, areas of the performance. They'd just been spanked 4-1. They lost 8-2 on aggregate. Um, you know, to the Czech team, that that's, you know, that's humiliating. That's embarrassing. And then, I mean, the worst of all really was uh, was Sunday against Ross County because it's not like Ross County have been flying as of late. Yeah, a couple of uh, wins in the Betfred Cup, but I think it wasn't so long ago they were spanked 4-0 by, uh, by Motherwell. And they've struggled at times this season. And to win in the manner which they did do on Celtic's home patch, I mean, that's... That's the most embarrassing defeat of all this season. I mean, we can, we can touch on the Rangers' um, failure early on in the season. We can go back to Ferenc Varos. But this is Ross County on your, on your own patch deserving to win the game. And that's why, you know, that, I thought that was the end game for Neil Lennon. And, but if you look at the season as a whole, it's, it's, there's, there's been a similar pattern, hasn't there? They've been insipid, they've been disorganised, they've been disjointed. And I'm not one really who um, who likes to really put the boot into players for lacking motivation. But do you know what? At this moment in time, I do think you would have to, have to question many, many players in the Celtic team and, and just simply ask the question, what has happened to them this season? Because it's the same squad essentially from last season. I know there's been additions, but I don't think there's any uh, there's any Celtic fan out there who would say it was a really, really disappointing uh, transfer window in terms of Celtic kept all the, the players which they wanted to. The big talk was Odson Edward was here away. Christopher Ryer was here away. Celtic held on to them. So I don't think we can level blame at Peter Lawwell necessarily for that. Fraser Forster was a disappointment not getting him back. Still went and shelled out the... Um, is it five million pounds on on Barkas? So you know it wasn't that bad, but for the team to perform this season as the way they have performed, I think that the players have to expect uh, accept a great deal of responsibility. But ultimately, uh, ultimately at, at this moment in time, it doesn't look like they are playing for the manager, listening to what the manager says. We've had arguments on this pod about the systems, haven't we? Whether it's a four, whether it's five. Well, it doesn't matter what system Celtic have played this season, essentially, because they've just been not up to standard. They've been hopeless. And that's the long and the short of it. And that is why at this moment in time, I think most supporters would be saying Celtic need a different voice at the helm. But the players this season as a whole have been a disgrace. Well, if it's uh, if, if if I could, Chris, as someone who's who's been in a Celtic dressing room and knows what it's like, if if I could ask you to go into a little bit of depth about that later on, just regarding the individuals. But Michael, can I can I just get your take on the last couple of games and you know Prague and, and, and Ross County? And I take it you would agree with Chris with a lot of the points. I think I think the major the major concern, the alarm bells, is the fact that the the, the lack of reaction. I think when we've seen uh, we've seen Le- uh, Neil Lennon kind of question mentality and challenge them to kind of respond and all that stuff, and they haven't has he hasn't got a reaction. I think that's a big problem. That's that's when that's starting to happen. Don't get a reaction. When Sunday there was an ideal chance to get out and and try and bury that game against that Barter Prague and get a, a, a decent cup result and buy yourself a bit of time. But the performance was just completely woeful. It was pitiful. We had one shot on goal. 
in 90 minutes. Um, but it's, listen, it's not, I don't think it all, I don't think it all falls onto the manager's shoulders. That's not, I think it's a, a multifaceted throughout the club. He's the one who carries um, it. I, he can, is, mate. Chris. You, he you, is. Can't, you can't sack the whole playing squad. No, I know, but what, what I mean by that is there's been a whole lot of factors involved that feed into this, which made it a, made it a bit of a shambles. Now, I think you mentioned the recruitment. I don't think the recruitment was, was, was that great. I think on paper, when you saw it, it looked like four internationals. You're saying that now, Mick, right? You're saying um, that now. Why, why didn't you say this a couple of months back? Because I said it looked, looked decent on paper, but then you dig into it, you've got um, Albi Ayeti, who was two weeks on the beach when he was in contract negotiation with Celtic. That's a, that's a red flag right away. And guy, yeah, they, they, he's, they, yes, and, he's and never I got, agree never with got, you there. He's never got, never got fit. I, um, I agree with you ball there. And goalie, ball and goalie gets gets thrown shown the door in August. Laxalt comes in in October. Uh, Shane Duffy, who centre half, gets brought in again late in the window when they were trying for centre half early in the season. Ayer should have been sold. Cham should have been sold. Um, Hang on, I think Ayer should have been sold, and Cham should Ayer have been should, sold. Chris Ayer should have been sold when the chance came up in the start of the summer. Yeah, if he wanted to go, he should have been sold. Um, so if somebody wants to go, they should be sold. Well, we'll touch so on does, that. Look at the alternative. Look at the alternative. Look what's happened to the alternative. There's guys that don't want to be there, and it's, it's quite obvious on the pitch was, they don't want to be there. Was Duffy a bad signing? I think at the time he looked like, again on paper, but he's not worked out that way. He came, a guy yeah, but, who only, he'd only played two games in, in 2020, and came in woefully short. Uh, had a couple of shockers and then lost his confidence so it's not worked out but these are all so were there many, were there many Celtic fans were there many Celtic fans was was there uh, many people in the media saying when Duffy came up it's going to be a, this is going to be a disaster I didn't no, see many well, I'm not, I've not even particularly got a problem with Duffy Duffy but I said, I said to half either Duffy otherwise it should have been in the door back in August I think that's mm. the problem that things were done too far players were going too that. late guys that weren't fit enough um, the goalkeeping issue I mean, they signed a guy for five million quid We've yet to see why what, what his um, his value to the side. They could have been out. I mean, they've got, they let go of Craig Gordon. They could have got David Marshall. They could even got John McLaughlin. The three guys above Scott Bain in the Scotland yeah. squad were all available for free or on the books this summer. It all would do would do a job for Celtic. Never went and got them, so that's an issue. Yes. And they went and scouted Barkas and who hasn't had any kind of impact that's or any kind of presence so far. Um, so I don't think I don't think the recruitment has been great. They've had a few. I mean, they've had a lot of a rotten run of luck in terms of injuries and COVID and all that stuff. I think that. Listen, any managers under pressure will always lament poor poor luck. That's always the case. Um, but as but as a factor, James Forrest has been a huge miss. I think Julian. I know he had a bad game at the weekend. Uh, it wasn't great in Prague, but he's come back. He was a big miss for his um, two months out. So there has been mitigating factors, but I think the squad. There's too many people in that squad pulling in different directions. There's too many guys who are maybe trying too hard. Guys like your Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie's, um, Scott Brown's, and maybe even Duffy as well. These guys are maybe trying too hard, and it's getting to them. But they're also at the same time guys who aren't trying enough. Guys who are looking elsewhere, and maybe their minds have gone or they want out. So you've got two. The squad is split in different directions, and that's it's, it's quite obvious in the park. It's not a, 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 a unified um, team at the moment. They're all pulling in different directions. So there's a whole lot of factors, but like I agree with you, Chris. I think the manager does have to as a one carrying the can. But it's, I think it's a, a as I say, a multi ranging malfunction from top to bottom itself this season. Swanee, can I just say the the, the one point, uh, and I agree with Mick on Celtic doing the business too late. Uh, and you know, you can look at other circumstances. Of course, you can. You know, you can look at injuries and you can look at the COVID situation. But I do think 
as a whole, these are really minor points. And when I say that, we are still talking about Celtic being able to put a team out which is far more capable of performing the way they have this season. They have been lacklustre. They have been so far off the pace. So while, you know, we, we can make excuses about injuries, by Celtic standard, it just simply hasn't been good enough. There's been a malaise over the club, a, a cloud over the club uh, playing personnel this season. And, you know, I don't think that, that we can use injuries and, and transfer policies as an excuse, albeit, you know, it, it, it the transfers were done slightly late. But Celtic have still had enough in that squad to perform far better than they have done this season. Well, that might take me on to a question for both of you then, because there are people who feel that all, all the the aspects that you guys have just touched upon there, certain guys maybe don't want to be there, guys maybe signed late, the injury things, blah, blah, blah. Neil has obviously taken the, Neil Lennon has taken the criticism for it. He's, as you say, Chris, the manager carries the can, that's correct. But would most managers in the situation that Neil Lennon's in just now be dealing with the same problems? Do you think if it was anyone different, it would be different, given the situation? It's a hypothetical question. But given all these factors that you've discussed about the recruitment and the injuries and the COVID and the blah, 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 do you think it would make that much of a difference if it was someone different there? Chris? What's so your saying? Would a new manager get more out of these players? I'm saying would if someone else had been in place in the same situation with uh, the other things that have gone on, do you think yeah, it would have yeah, made well, a difference? Well, look, and I touched on it earlier, that you know we've, we've had the arguments about systems, whether a back three, a back four. Ultimately, there's been, you know, most of the time this season, neither have worked. They've been disorganised, they've been disjointed. So the question, you know, now... And I think this is this is where it's come to, is would Celtic be better off with a different voice at the helm? Is Neil getting the most out of these players? And he's not. So therefore, that's why the majority of the support, if, you know, if you if you did a poll on, you know, you know, how many Celtic fans wanted Neil Lennon to stay, there wouldn't be so... Every, Everybody's looking at the 10 in the row, trying to catch Rangers. It is. And they don't have the trust in the manager to do so. Now, he's got a bit of an open goal in many respects in the games. He's got coming up St. Johnston, Kilmarnock, Ross County. Uh, they're all at home. Hamilton away and Dundee United. Well, you just said that, Chris, but Ross County was at home on Sunday. No, absolutely. But well, you can't say... You, you know, but you can't say it's, a, it's a, with the greatest respect, an overly tricky run of fixtures. You know? And he has a, a real opportunity to, to win all those games and go into the the, the tussle against, uh, you know, which is absolutely crucial with a run of games under his belt. But at this moment in time, you know, do do you trust this Celtic team to turn up and win all those games? And I don't. And I don't think the support. So it's a question of what is going to change. Celtic need a different voice. The scenes outside... Celtic Park on Sunday, Michael, were not something that anyone wants to see. I think most people would agree that supporters are definitely entitled to not be happy, to want change, if that's what they think is the case. And as Chris has said, there may be a large number now who feel that a change of manager is the way to go 
forward, but the actions that were condemned by politicians, the club, you know, thing, missiles, I think were mentioned, has been has been thrown at players, such like that. It's not acceptable. We all know that. Um, what sort of picture do you think that painted to, to people outside of Celtic, Michael? So, you know, <laughs> well, can you, people, can people you imagine? About, can you imagine about players coming in and, and 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 it may be a case if if Neil Lennon can't turn it round that they might be limps. What what message does that send out to people? Well, I was just thinking. Can you imagine if you're a kind of out of work English Premier League manager? And you're watching you're watching the news on Sunday night and Monday morning, and seeing these scenes. You'd be thinking that if your agent makes a phone call to you about that job, you'd be thinking, "No, not a chance in this world. It's bonkers. They've won they've won eleven trophies in a row, thirty five cup ties in a row, and lost one cup tie." And there's a riot outside Parkhead. People, like, I'm not touching that by a basketball. This is only a couple of seasons after a banner's unfurled after Ben and Rodgers dared to leave, um, slaughtering him, having not not lost a single trophy. So uh, I, I, I take your point. I think if you're if you're a, a manager or a player. Look at that! You're thinking, "Woof, that's that's a high bar." That's him. <laughs> but listen, but I think that's the headline news, and it looks it looks dramatic. But I can actually understand how that happened on Sunday. Listen, the, the, the violence and all that stuff. Take that out of the queues, and that's and even the fact they're out in the street during a pandemic. That's that, listen, that's all wrong. Shouldn't have happened. But I can also understand the fact that these are fans that haven't been in the ground all season. Uh, a final whistle in these kind of matches, you boo, you vent your frustration, you let your feeling known to the board and all that stuff, you're not happy. That's the normal chain of events. They're not getting that they're not getting that outlet for their frustration. So I can get the fact that they, they feel compelled to have to go and let the board know they're not happy. I get that. Cause that's, uh, football fans, listen, that's not a Celtic issue. I mean, I watched thing last week, the Inter Milan fans were at the training ground and they said, um, if you don't start winning games, we'll come back with baseball bats. So it happens all over the world. I mean, it's, this is fans, especially now during this pandemic, they haven't got an outlet for their frustration if it's not going right. So I get that, and I think they're, they're entitled to protest, but albeit with the caveat they shouldn't be doing it during a pandemic. But turning nasty and throwing barriers and, and missiles, that's completely beyond the pale. And that's, listen, get let the cops deal with that. That's a, that's a minority of people doing that. That's a minority of Neds going over the score. But I, I get the frustration, I get the protest because it, it doesn't matter what club you're at, that's what you get. We've seen it a couple of weeks ago, Hamilton Aki's a wee band of fans at the ground having a moment with their manager. It's, it's, it's a symptom of the situation they're in just now in terms of this, uh, no fans at the games and all that kind of stuff. So and it has to find a way to, to manifest itself and that's what happened. So I get it. And I don't I don't think we should just carpet bomb them and say they're all, they're all wrong to be there in protest because a lot of them they are just the voice of frustration. Chris, I get your take on that. Um, could you add as well onto it um, your feelings on Dermot Desmond and, and Peter Loyal are, are strong characters? They're not the types I wouldn't imagine to be influenced by outsiders or what other people have to say. Would you think anything that happened on Sunday would have an effect on their thinking? Has had, might have had, you know? Um, no, I, I, I would. You know, I would say, you know, 100% certain that uh, that Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell uh, wouldn't be listening to a baying mob as they were. And so, you know, Mixeter making the suggestion it was OK is absolutely ridiculous. When you, when you actually saw some of the footage of what actually happened here... To be fair to Michael, I don't think he said that was okay, Chris. He said that protesting against a manager 
is okay. I'm not talking about throwing barriers and all that, Chris. He wasn't talking about that. No, but that's what happened. That that that's what it turned into. It was a, it was a banging mob. And do you know what? I I I, I spoke to my sons who are ard, ardent Celtic, really ardent Celtic fans. You know, they they support the club. They love the club. But that sort of we we all felt really sad about it. And the songs towards Neil Lennon. You know, Lennon get to. You know, I, I can't swear we're on the pod, and I actually felt really sad. Uh, about it, and I felt sad because there's a guy there who's who's committed 14 years of his life to the club. There's a guy there who uh, has had bullets sent through the post. He quit international football for the football club. You know, he's he's Celtic through and through. And do you know what? He's got so much wrong this season. It's untrue. But he certainly didn't deserve. And you know, people talk about Celtic, the best fans in the world. This mob. This idiotic mob tarnish the reputation of Celtic fans around the world. There aren't, you know, you won't find many Celtic fans who think Neil Lennon should still be in a job, but that's not a way to go about it and chucking fences at the police. It's just not the way to go about it. So if people want to protest, then protest. Go and stand out and be silent. And, and, and if there are huge numbers, tell the story that way. But it, it sickened me to the stomach. It, it, it really did. I, I, I felt ashamed uh, with those and the, and, and, the, uh, and, and the songs towards Neil Lennon. I felt ashamed and upset by it because he really, really doesn't deserve that. Absolutely doesn't deserve that. And There's a respect issue, Chris, to, 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 to a loyal servant to the club. But of course it is. You know the, the the songs Lennon get the. F- I mean, I mean, really, is is that what has come to? And and Mix reeled off the stats. You know, one loss in thirty five games. You just said I can't swear on the pod. You just swear. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's how, that's how angry I am. You're losing it. the I mean, plot. <laughs> no, but I, it's you know it's it's really sad. You know, there aren't many players who have given a service to a football club like Neil Lennon has to Celtic. So to get the the Ned Brigade out there who, you know, who think they have a voice, don't give these morons a voice. So Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond shouldn't be swayed by by idiotic behaviour, by obeying mob. They they can be swayed and, and, you know, they'll be aware of the opinion. They'll be aware of the opinion across the media. They'll be aware of the opinion across all the fan bases around the world. Of course they will. And they'll know that they are, are under huge pressure with what's at stake this season. So it's a surprise to me, going back to the start of the pod, that Neil Lennon is in charge for Thursday night. It's a, it's a big surprise. You know, it looks like they're being indecisive. But, you know, if they believe in Neil Lennon, well, come out and say so. Touch, touch the alert. Oh, sorry, go on, Michael. No, listen, I, I, I agree. I think, I think I mean, listen, I'm obviously the right to protest. I think they're right, but I think the, the personal nature of it and the kind of nastiness, I think, was, was so far offside to a guy who's been a great servant to Celtic. But unfortunately, in football, we, we know that you, you either, either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. That's, I mean, yeah, but you, do you know what? Jock, you, Jock, Jock Steen was I mean, sacked, you, Billy McNeil was sacked, yeah, I'm not Tommy Burns that. was sacked. And, it, it, and times they got they got a hard time as well. And it's 
I think in time we saw Rangers Alan McCoy one of the greatest ever Rangers players I mean the abuse he got towards the end of his reign the city was, was horrendous but Mick, and, time, Mick, and time's a healer and all that stuff so I think it, it's unfortunate but it's, it's a frustration that boils over and it's um, it isn't. It was unpleasant, and I said, "I'm, I'm yourself," because I, th- I thought, I thought it was like a sorry kind of sight, and I thought it was quite harsh yeah, on, you're, on, you're, on you're the end. And it, I thought mate. it was like a kind of sad scene, but I can, I, at the same time, I understand it, and I think that. But you understand that you, 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 under, you understand that, that, football fans singing over, Lennon gets the things kind of times I can hear, um, but it's it's the nature of the game. It's a it's instant demands all the time, and at the moment, it's not happening. That's remarkable. That's, oh. it's, it's actually remarkable you can say that, and you and you you're justifying it, and you're saying it's understandable. No, I'm saying the frustration is understandable, and protesting is understandable. What happens? Yeah, what happened? The what, you, they can't take it back. What happened? Happened. They did sing the songs. They did throw fences, and you're yeah, making that... you're actually making excuses for it. It wasn't a peaceful protest. So no, we can't. Well, we, you everyone... know, we can't. We can't say that. This is the right thing to do, mate. Yeah, but not, not everyone. Right not everyone. Way, not, everyone not everyone that was there was throwing fences and, and missiles and all that stuff. Not everyone that was there was doing well, that. How do you know that? Because because there have been about two arrests, I think, so far. There's millions of cop vans there. Been, been so we all saw the pictures. We, we, we saw all the songs. They were associated with it. Yeah, what were they see, doing there then? You see, you see bits of it. But listen, there's a, listen, there's a good, good few hundred misbehaving. But how many people oh, sports So there's a good few hundred misbehaving now. It's too oh. earlier. Well, how many? But how many? How many city fans are there in the, in the, in the country in the world? There's sixty thousand. They're not going every week. So it's, well, a, it's a very, very small percentage of people who have been way offside in, in their treatment yeah, of the And I think most, you're, most you're city fans them to do that, Mick. No, I'm saying that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, it's a different. I'm different issue. I'm saying there's the right, the right to protest against what's going on, the right to vent their frustration. That was the, the, the way they done it. Was way offside. But I don't think. I think on mass, city fans. We're horrified by those scenes. I think most Celtic fans you speak to were, were, were kind of embarrassed and kind of ashamed by those kind of scenes that, that, that turned out. But that, like you say, they're still frustrated and still. And listen, if there was a game, if that game was in front of a full house on Sunday, they'd been booing the place down. Yeah. The same way they booed Ronnie Dyler, the same way they booed Tony Mowbray, the same way the manager was going through a tough time and looking as always coming to the end of our, of our reign, they get they get booed and they get get shouted at and all that kind of stuff. It's not pleasant, but it happens. And they're entitled to do that, and nobody yeah. has an issue with that. But but what happened outside the ground? No, I'm not disagreeing with the manner last week with the Green yeah. Brigade was was over the top, unnecessary, ridiculous. Right, let me move this on, Chris. You touched earlier on players. Now you've been in Celtic dressing rooms. You're one of the, the privileged few who've who've been in there, seen the workings of it, seen how it works. We have heard many players speak and. I think having spoken to some of them myself and, and conducted the interviews, it's, it's genuine from some that they're standing by the boss, backing the boss, but the, the actions on the pitch don't really seem to have backed it up over the last two, three, four weeks. No. Who do you, when, when you look through the team, are there any specific individual? you know, without pointing fingers, it's a collective, yes, but are there individuals that you're looking at and thinking... I've got to expect more. You've got to expect more. The manager is due more. Is there some in there that, that, that you see blatantly um, underperforming? I think that uh, that some characters or some of the players seem better characters than others. With what I with what I've seen this, um, 
I think if you look through the whole team and the whole performance, the way it was in in Prague, the way it was at the weekend against Ross County, there are some players who I think, you know, and I said earlier in the pod, I don't like to say that, but there, there are some players who seem to be lacking motivation and maybe don't understand the seriousness of the situation, maybe don't understand the club and the working of the club and, and what's expected. And that's absolutely not good enough. But, you know, it's the manager who has to motivate the players, but the players surely have to motivate themselves. And there are a lot of good characters in the dressing room. You know, your likes of Scott Brown, he'll be hurting at this moment in time. Callum McGregor, you've mentioned. I always see Ryan Christie give a shift, but I don't think we're seeing it from absolutely everybody. Who in, that, uh, who in particular? Uh, well, I think with the names I've mentioned, I think with the names I've mentioned, I think El Hamid is a decent character. I think he tries. I think he, his confidence is shot to pieces. But, uh, but I think the rest of the players, I would be if I was in the Celtic dressing room, I would be pointing fingers at the rest of the players. I think. Because Every single lot, one of them. A lot of the supporters weren't happy with Odson Edward, for example, on Sunday. They looked as though he, he, the accusation was he looked disinterested. Uh, you make the whole Odson Edward, because I know you're a huge fan, Chris, as, as a footballer. But as you watch him, what do you think just now? What did you think on Sunday? I think Odson Edward's got a huge problem because I think he is he is so, so talented. I think he's built a reputation up over the last couple of seasons where all Europe's big clubs would have been looking at him, watching him really close. And, he, and he's, he's built a great reputation. And within the space of a couple of months this season and the way he's playing at this moment in time, I think he's, he's doing himself a great deal of harm. Now, everybody goes through, uh, goes through peaks and troughs in their career. I understand that. But this is pretty alarming what's happened to him at the start of this season. And the way it's carrying on, we're seeing glimpses like the goal we saw in Prague. But he's not doing enough. And if he wants to get this this move, and I don't have a problem with him wanting to move away, I don't. I don't actually know whether he does want to move away or not. He's playing like he uh, he doesn't want to be there. But then you could level that at so many others. But if he wants to get his big move, then he needs to start performing in a Celtic jersey. As simple that- as that, because he's he's the best player in the country. He's 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 the one player in the country who can do things that only other players can dream of. So in that respect, if he wants to get his career back on track, he needs to start livening up. The managers look at that. The potential suitors look at that kind of thing, Chris. How people behave in adversity and, 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 and situations like this and how they perform. Do people look at that? Have you seen it yourself? Of course they do. I mean, you'd go up. Uh, if you watched Odds and Edward the last couple of seasons, there are so many boxers which you would tick. But there is a there is a situation now where people are going to maybe look at him and question his attitude. But I do think it's slightly unfair if we're just singling uh, Eduardo. No, it's not. No, I mean, I mean, listen, the, the, the same accusations have been pointed at guys like Christopher Ayer, guys like that. I mean, listen, it was the manager himself who said post Ferenc Varos, if there's people who don't want to be here, that's mm. what brought this whole thing up, really. Yeah, but, there's, but but since in the history of football, there's always players who don't want to play for clubs, but they still give it their all while, while, while they're there. Uh, and really, the smart play to do, if you're Odson Edward or Christopher Ayer, 
is play so well, keep playing well. Every week, nine out of ten performances, be outstanding for the team. And then big clubs will come in and you'll move on and there's no, no hard feelings. Look, look what happened. You know, look, let's, let's look what's happened with Celtic players in the past. Kieran Tierney. Never saw him down tools. Yeah. We had the situation with Dembele where he's moved on to great things. You know, I think we all understand that, that big players at Celtic <coughs> eventually do move on. But at this moment in time, you can't tell me if you're a, uh, a, a top European club and you're looking at Odson Edward and Christopher Raya, you can't tell me you'd, you'd splash the cash on them. There'd be a big question mark over them. But as I say, they're two of many in the team. Same feeling, Michael. And maybe this goes back to, to what you said earlier, Michael, about you know, moving people on at the right time and things like that. Is there, has it been a case that the 10, as, as, it, as, it, as it's known, clouded a few judgments, possibly, even, with, even within the club? That Was it the natural time for Anthony Edward to move on after three years' service? And, and any uh-huh. normal other time would have been the time to go, but because it was such a big season for 10 in a row, I know Chris said he couldn't go and such like, but has that... Is there a chance that's backfired? Of, I know you're not going to know that for a fact. You're not in the player's head, so you don't know. I'm only asking you for an opinion. No, but we, spoke, we, spoke we, spoke we, we spoke about this in the podcast way, way, way you did. at the you start did. of the season. During the transfer. And, 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 and they've invited this problem onto themselves because, listen, we know that there's a shelf life, a two-year a two year cycle for players coming out of Celtic. Come in, do well, get sold in two years. Anything beyond that, I think you're, you're risking... He's seen with Dembele. We've seen it before with other guys. It's, it, you're risking problems. I think oh, I, 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 Dembele. Well, Dembele did his two seasons and he was, and he was hang, working his ticket. To uh, get out. Hang on a minute. Dembele's a totally t- uh, different situation. Dembele had an agreement, didn't he? Well, we don't know that. Well, do we? well, 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 we've seen there was. Are, 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 is that an unofficial we? agreement that what Michael's talking about? Is it all? Well, right? how do you, well, hang, on you don't, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You do your two years. You and you hang on a minute. You don't, you don't sign these guys unless you give them some sort of plan hang, for them going you, somewhere you, else. You, you're speculating. What we do know with Dembele is eventually he did move on, and and how did he move on? He moved. He moved on the last day. Deadline. He left Celtic. Yeah, in exactly. Deep why? So, so you're saying there was no agreement there. Well, uh, uh, well, that's that was the problem. That's what he said. That's what he said. The problem was. Did he not push that? Did he not push that through? Eventually, because he said that was what right. he was, was promised. So how do you know? How do you know the situation with Edward? So you're, spe- you're saying you're saying about Dembele well, moving Ed- on. Edward, this may Edward, be a totally different situation. Edward, in, fairness to, in fairness to Michael Chris, I only asked if he thought maybe guys thought they'd done their time. We can't we can't climb into Odson Edward, Edward's head. We can read his comments uh, last month with France when he's saying that um yeah, I've done my time and looking probably in the ne- next year or so, worse to his effect. But what you can do is you can say to Celtic, Celtic must have known eighteen months ago that, that the last summer was going to be a probably a juncture for Odson Edward, especially in the way he played last season, with an awful lot of interest. We all knew about it, we spoke about it in the summer. They went out last January and spent three and a half million pounds on another striker, Patrick Kamala. And you think at that point that should be the insurance policy in case they lose Edward in the summer of half the cash in because these things can happen because he's done his two and a half years. It was always going to be almost inevitable. We spoke about it since last summer. It didn't happen because of this ten in a row thing, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't invite anything. There wasn't any uh, um, in concrete they could go on anyway. But the, but the player they signed last January for three and a half million pounds isn't up to scratch. I don't to understand be that your point here, Mick. 
I'd well, really I'm saying that Celtic should have seen this problem coming down the line. So when they go out and buy, spend three and a half million pounds like last January, it's an insurance policy in case of Liz Edward. Right. Keep Edward. Uh, right. and listen, and Len, Len said in August, there's players wanting away, and we know that meant that who he meant by that. We well, also we, know well, that we don't been, because he didn't name them. No, but we also know we haven't speaking to people around the club that he's not he's not been happy with Edward and training well, and elsewise. And he came out. Henrik Larsson wanted away back in the day. What did he do? He stayed for an extra season, didn't he? He well, didn't throw his toys out of the pram. Yeah, but uh, also, Chris, uh, um, Henrik Larsson <laughs> is one of the top ten players played, played in Britain at the time. All right. Yeah. So he's, he's still, not doing still, too badly. Watson Edwards not I, one of the top, top ten players in the championship. Your, I don't understand your argument with Edwards. It's, different, it's a different world. The world's different from Henrik Larsson time, unfortunately. Yeah, um, well, we know that, but but Edward is here. The club have kept him. What what what's the problem no, what, with that? What, what's the what issue? I'm saying is that you can't you can't be act surprised that a player who wants away when you know that was a possibility 18 months ago that it come to that point. And the fact that it's 10 in a row, we mentioned this in this podcast before. The players, that's not something the players' minds. It's not, I mean, whether they like it or not, especially kind of players coming in from different countries, it's not something that's that's all encompassing for them. Not really in terms of their careers. So they were always going to be risking it. And listen, after the Ferns Varos, there was mentions about players wanting away. I think Neil Lennon came out, I think it was weeks later, after kind of St. Johnson gave him the window closed, they said, oh, his head's been turned in the last few, the last few weeks. And that was after a winning spell. That was after eight wins in a row. Um, he said, oh, Ed, 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 Ed was not, he's not in the game. He said, his head's not in the game. So they're known all through in this period in the transfer window that his head wasn't in the game. Um, and he's still here and his head's still not in the game. It's, so it's I, a- it's not a surprise. It's a really odd mindset for a player to be in that, that what you're suggesting. It's because not me to say it, Chris. It's not me to say it's the manager if, saying if you that. Want, if you want your move away, the best way to get your move away is performing on the pitch, showing showing the right intensity and the right attitude week in and week. And do you yeah, feel that's, that's happening? How, that's how get his move. Do you Pardon? feel that's happening? Do I that's feel it's happening? No. Do you feel that's happening? No, and it's you know it's not. I mean, you've, we've mentioned odds and Edward. Is it happening with Christopher Ayer? You know, linked with the, uh, to AC Milan earlier on in the season, thirty million pounds fee on his head. Come on, you wouldn't you wouldn't pay it at this moment in time. You, you know, you, they wouldn't be in double figures the way they've performed this season. Well, That's a fact. Sorry, you know, odds and Edward was linked with the, uh, a lot of clubs at the top of the Premier League. Who's going to take him with his form this season, Christopher Ayer? You know, it's always had work to do, Christopher Ryer, in my book. I think he's a, you know, a, a, a talented player, but he's not a top European defender at this moment in time. At this moment in time, he's not a top defender in Scotland. So, you know, uh, they've all got issues. The whole team have issues. You know, this is a, this is a terrible, terrible run. And if you're in the Celtic dressing room at this the, at this moment in time, I mean, I would like to think that they would be really hurting and angry. And, uh, and and that they are talking about going out and and having a big response, but there's no doubt that they've let the manager down. I'm not, you know, I'm not having that, and I'm not saying Neil Lennon, you know, should still be in a. But they're killing him. They've killed him. They killed him with that performance against Ross County. As you as you quite rightly said, they've got humiliated, absolutely spanked by a very average Czech team, eight two. That's embarrassing. To come back at the weekend against Ross County, I mean, I have to say, I don't think I would have slept much on the humiliation of going out um, in Europe. And but, but by the time you get to the game uh, against Ross County, I'd have been so motivated 
And I think the dressing room, I'd have been in, would have been so motivated that there's no way that there would have been such a feeble performance. Had Celtic had 40 shots on target, hit the post, the bar, the Ross County goalkeeper made save after save after save. Do you know what? You'd sort of accept that. But because it was so lacklustre, so toothless, and they did seem to, to, to lack motivation, they were lethargic. That's why, you know, you have to say at this moment in time, something has to change. And it's, it's always the manager who they change. They can't sack the players. If they could sack the players, they should sack nearly every single one of them. Well, this is the, this the thing. I don't even think it's. They keep saying this is a, as a bad run. They're a bad run. This, this two and ten gets thrown about. It's not a bad run. This has been going on since the start of the season. Yeah. This is not a bad run. This is this is. Listen, the, the Ferns Varos um, result was an absolute shocker. Um, but listen, the draw in the first day of the season at Kilmarnock was also a shocker. They went in that eight game run, and we said it ourselves on this podcast. We said, listen, they're winning games, but listen, St. Mern scraping the win at St. Mern, scraping the win against Livingston, scraping past Riga, scraping past Sarajevo. Listen, that run was not an impressive eight game run. The problems were there, and we knew there was a bad spell of fixtures coming up that could be really damaging, and it's proved to be catastrophic. But this has been happening since the start of the season. This is not a bad, this is the worrying thing. A lot of the players are saying this all on a sticky patch. A sticky patch is a bad fortnight, or a bad three weeks, or a bad month. This has been going on since August, so it's not a, it's not a bad run. It's a bad season. I don't but, think any of us, I don't think any of us could have believed, maybe two or three months ago, despite what you say, Mick, that you would be sitting at the start of this week thinking uh, the San Siro was not as important as a game against St Johnston on the f- three days later at Celtic Park. No, we don't think it unravelled. How, how, how do you view the next few days? We didn't think it would unravel quite as quickly, but we didn't listen. We we all seen the warning signs. I said that when we were, we we're looking at that this run of fixtures coming up before after the Rangers game and onward. I thought these are going to be really be testing this Celtic squad. The way they're playing, this is going to be a real test, and they've, they've completely failed it. Um, so, I mean, the European, I mean, I mean, the European game now is a complete. It's a nightmare really for Celtic because it. I mean, unless they, I mean, if they get a good result, it might spark a bit of confidence. But can you see that that result coming in Milan? Team at top of the top of Serie A. I don't know. Like Chris says, I mean, he's got he's got to go with a strong team because he can't afford another humiliation. Or well, it really is um, game set and match. So it's a, a real a real no win kind of game. Um, but looks of it, um, and St Johnson they cannot afford to, to, to even consider another performance like that against St Johnson. But if they're going to struggle to Ross County, if they're going to struggle to St Mirren and Livingston, all these teams that are struggling, then. There's nothing to take. You can't. You can't bet. Like, I think I said it. You wouldn't bet on them getting results in these games. St. Johnston and Kilmark. Uh, just, just another point, uh, Swanee. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do have the utmost sympathy uh, for Neil, and and something which which I've noticed, and I think other people have talked about it, is he does seem very very lonely at this moment in time when he's standing in the technical area. I think I've always associated sort of his his good. Sp- Bells in management, and there's been ups and downs, but he's always had a team with him, and he's always had. Uh, uh, why would I describe a, a, a closeness with an assistant? And I don't think that he is necessarily being helped at this moment in time enough by John Kennedy uh, and 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 Gavin Strachan. It is, isn't it? I don't. You know, they seem to want to be. They want to be aloof and distance themselves when they should be standing right up alongside him and I think that's been an issue for a while and I don't know the situation with regards to appointments but I do know that 
when the likes of Johan Mialbi was alongside Neil, Johan Mialbi would tell Neil what he actually thought and what he should be doing. He's a, he's a, he's a friend of Neil's. He has Neil's best interests at heart. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, but I do think that there's been... Uh, it, it's been very, very noticeable that, that Neil seems to be carrying this burden on his own. Ultimately, you know, and I know people will be saying, well, John Kennedy's a defensive coach and, and Gavin Strachan is a coach and they have to carry the can. But the manager, the manager is responsible for everything. But what I would have liked to have seen is them just see, you know, visible, whatever to show him more support than they have done. They seem to be running for the hills. Chris, let me, let me ask you this to, in conclusion. It's been a great debate. It's been a great discussion. It's going on everywhere amongst um, Celtic supporters at the moment. Whatever people think about what has happened, what is happening, where the rights and wrongs have been in the past few weeks, the bottom line is it looks as though, you know, at this moment in time, Neil is still the man in charge. And in the old boxing parlance, if you're still in the ring, you do the boxing for us, Michael. In the Daily Record, if you're still in the ring, you've still got a puncher's chance. You can still save it. If Depends you... whether you're standing up. Well, <laughs> if... well, let me ask you that then, Chris, because you talked about the amount of time Neil has been at Celtic, the amount of service he's given, the loyalty he's given to the club, player and manager, the effort, the work. Where would this rank in what he's done as a Celtic man if he can turn this round from this situation? Where would that rank? Well, it would it would rank as his greatest ever achievement. Bar none. Bar none his greatest ever career achievement. Because it can't get it can't get any worse than it's actually got. You know, the the the, the whole of the Celtic support have have turned on him in respect that they don't want and we know that he's he he will be he will be hurting, he will be thinking, he won't be sleeping. And he, he just, he's got to somehow hope he can magic something up. But he's been trying to magic something up for the last couple of months and it's not happened. But, and this is why it's going to be really interesting Thursday night, team selection. If Neil wins the game, he'll think that he's, uh, he's back on track. I think a lot of people, and me included, wouldn't think that would be the case. But I, but, but I think that the fact that he's in charge is a really odd decision by the club because of the implications of what could happen. Team selection. Celtic have to go for the league now. And Thursday night, in my opinion, they have to play a complete second string because the Europa League doesn't matter. Celtic cannot qualify. It mattered before. It mattered the four weeks or the four games before. And Celtic going out of Europe, as they have done, has been catastrophic. But now it's all about the league and and two cups, albeit one from last season. Michael Neil Lennon's greatest achievement at Celtic, if he if he pulls this. Oh, listen, it would be incredible. It would be incredible. Listen, we, we saw it in the, the past. We remember back in 2011, they were 3-0 down at half time at Kilmarnock. And and he's and he looked as though his his short spell and charge were going to be over. Um, there's Well, I was going. To, uh, that's that's where I was heading. There are five or six down at the break here. You're finishing and, each um, other's sentences now. Where, where I'm, where I'm, off. <laughs> so there are five down. My man sent off at the moment. Um, 
So to turn this round, I say that it's been, uh, uh, listen, Neil Lennon's been a magnificent player, manager, servant to Celtic, and he deserves his place in the, the club history. And I think it will be secure, no matter, no matter what. Um, but to come back from this point in time, would be uh, would be absolutely unbelievable. And listen, like, like I say, it, it's you know didn't come out that day. We didn't think he was any back from then, and he did come back. And uh, and look, he's kicked on to do since then. So if there's one guy that can do it, then it would be it would be it would be Neil um, So I, I I wouldn't think you just completely abandon all hope just yet. Um, I mean, and, and we still need to wait and see what happens across the city as well. Once it gets a bit a bit tickly and towards the end of the season, so that's, there is that as well. But I have to admit, there's no evidence this season so far that's going to happen. But you never know. But what a, what an achievement it would be if he could if he can turn this round. Honestly, he could, if he can turn this round, he can find a vaccine for for COVID. He could um, fly a shuttle to the moon. He could do anything. <laughs> Giving himself a good out there, Mick. Clever journalism, that. <laughs> do you think he can get Chris up always to Chris, always. <laughs> Always Trust, leave myself an out. <laughs> Trust Michael, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, lads. Thank you very much for your time today. Cheers, thank Cheers, you. Right. Cheers, guys. See you, mate. See you. Thanks to everyone for listening as well. Good luck.